Less is more. Less is more. We're in a series called Less is More. We've done it all year long, uh, and we are closing down next, next week on this series. But uh, Less is More really comes from the text, John chapter 3 and verse 30, where John the Baptist says that I, he must increase, but I must decrease. He must increase, but I must decrease. Less of me and more of him. Many of you know that you've been joining us. This is kind of the theme of the verse, less of us and more of him. And in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. I believe we serve a God who desires to add to our lives. We've said it all, all year long. He's a God who wants to add hope, peace, joy, love, whatever it is that we need, he wants to add it to our lives. But we must first say, okay, God, less of us so that you can give more of you and more of the things that you want to add to our lives. We've been doing less of something and more, in something, uh, more of something every week. Well, this week, because it's Palm Sunday, uh, I want to talk to you about something I believe is so important, and that is this. I want to talk to you about less pride and more praise. Less pride and more praise. Now, everybody gets excited about praise, but nobody wants to be talking about no pride. You know what I'm saying? I know this. I know this. Pride is something that every person on the planet battles. There is no one bigger than pride. If you're bigger than pride, you're prideful. Super simple, but it's true. And here's what I know. I know in a culture, in a society, we are consumed with pride. Everybody wants to be praised. Everybody wants to be recognized. Everybody wants to be celebrated. And those things aren't bad. But what can happen is it begins to work in us to the point of where we start to be prideful in our hearts because of something we've done, something we've had, something we've accomplished, or somewhere we live, whatever it may be, we can become prideful. And I know this. God says in his word that we are to remain away or flee from and stay away from pride in our lives. And I want to read it to you here in a moment. But I want to talk to you about less pride and more praise. And we're going to use the story of uh, Palm Sunday, as Spencer talked about just for a moment today. I want to read it to you in Matthew chapter 21, starting in verse 1. It says, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Beth Bethage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as one, at once you will find a donkey tied there and her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what, the spoken, what had been spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter Zion, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey and a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did just as Jesus had instructed. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on, the full, uh, on them for Jesus to sit on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him, uh, the crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is is this? The crowd answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Here's what's happening in this story. Jesus is coming into Jerusalem and the crowds, and he, he tells his disciples, I want you to go find this donkey. They go find this donkey and this colt. They bring it back. He sits to them. The crowds begin to put branches and, and, uh, and cloaks on the ground for then him to kind of walk through the, and to enter into the city. And people begin to scream, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna to, to God, meaning God save us or he saves us or Savior. They're looking to him knowing that he is the Savior. 
As Spencer mentioned just a moment ago, the problem was they thought he was going to save them from their, their Rome, the Romans and the, 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 the uh, issues and the, the, the bond, not the bondage, but the, the, the frustration or the, 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 the words I'm looking for. I can't talk today. He, to, to, to free them from being captives of the Romans. Well, Jesus was not coming to save them from the Romans. He was coming to save them from their sin. And here's what's, what's cool is right here in this picture, it shows us very quickly what it means to have a life of praise. A life of praise. See, praise is not momentary. Pra praise is not a song. Praise is not a church service. Praise is a lifestyle. And in this, here's what's cool. Oh my goodness, I'm gonna get excited today because I love talking about praise. In this story, God shows us the picture of what it looks like to live a life of praise. The problem is these people did not do that. They lived in it with a momentary praise. They said, you're coming to save me. You're coming to do something good for me. You're coming to bless me. You're coming because I need something from you. And so I'm going to sing and shout and praise you because what you do for me. That's a momentary praise. Here's what happens. We all know. They, mo they were singing, save me, a week later, or not even a week later, five days later, they were singing, crucify him. It's a momentary praise. It's a saying, in my position or situation and what I'm in, I'm going to speak. That's not life, a lifestyle praise. That's momentary praise. Lifestyle praise says no matter what the moment is I see, I'm going to praise God because I know who he is and what he's called me to do and who he called me to live, how he's called me to live. It's not a momentary praise. God desires for us to live a lifestyle of praise. Momentary praise is pride. Momentary praise is pride. Why? Because it says this. If you, if, I can, if you can do something for me, I'll give you what you're asking from me. I'm going to give you my praise because of dot, 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 dot. That's pride. Why? Because what's coming is you're saying it's based on what my, I, my needs and what I want and what I think and what I think I deserve. This deserves my praise. This situation deserves my praise. This situation doesn't deserve crucify him. It doesn't deserve my praise. And it's a pride. And so I want to talk to you today. I'm, I'm excited about this message about less pride and more praise. And I believe right here it shows us very quickly a few things on how to really walk out and live a lifestyle of praise. Now, why, why not live in pride? Why, why are we supposed to flee from pride? I want to show you a few scriptures very quickly, uh, reasons why we're to flee from pride. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 18. Pride goes before destruction, a hearty spirit before... <coughs> excuse me, before a fall. It's not COVID, I promise. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. See, why are we supposed to stay away from pride? One of the reasons right here is because those that have pride over time, pride leads to a fall. Pride leads to destruction. So we remove ourselves from pride because we desire to say, I don't want to fall, I don't want to leave in destruction. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 5. The Lord detests all the proud of heart. But if sure of this, they will not let go unpunished. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. I'm trying. For those that were here last week, you know I lost my voice. I'm trying not to do it again. The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this. They will not go unpunished. The Lord detests the proud. Thank you, brother. I might need that. The Lord detests all the proud of heart. The Lord detests. Another, another translation, the Bible says that God opposes. Let me show it to you in James chapter 4, verse 6. But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. God opposes the proud. See, it, not only does pride lead us to a fall, but also God opposes the proud. I don't want to be opposed by God. I want God to give me more grace. It says that, but he gives grace to the humble. So what is it that we should live a life walking in humility? What does a life of humility look like? A life of humility looks like a life of praise. 
And in this scripture that we talked about just for a few moments, I want to show you a few things that I believe will help us really live a life of praise today as we walk out of this room. Matthew chapter 21 and verse 6, it says, The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. You know, I think the li- a life of praise looks like this. The first thing I think a life of praise looks like, it's willing to be led. It's willing to be led. It's willing to be led. Here's what I know. Jesus tells these disciples, go find this donkey, this colt, and bring this donkey back to me. And then what happens is it says right here in verse 6 and 7, it says, then the disciples went and did just as Jesus had instructed. See, we often talk about being led by the Spirit. We talk about being led by God. We talk about being followers of Christ. What does that really look like? What does that really look like to follow and live and walk out and say, I'm going to be led by God, be led by the Spirit to really follow Christ? I believe this. Really, it is. Oftentimes, being led by God or following Christ looks like just obeying His Word. What has God said to you or to I that he desires for us to walk in obedience? Here's what I know. These disciples, where we're going to end up being, these are the disciples, his 12 guys. These few, we don't know which names, they don't tell us, but we know these 12 guys end up being some of the most famous people on the planet. They end up all being ministers of the gospel. They all become influencers. Here's what I know. Long before they were influencers, they were walking out in steps of obedience. Oftentimes, hear me, oftentimes, influence, promotion, anointing, if you will, whatever it is that you're looking for in your life, you want God to do in your life, oftentimes that comes through steps of obedience. Here's the question I would ask you, and this is what a life of praise looks like. A life of praise says, I want to walk and live being led by God, walking in obedience to what God has asked of me. What is God asking of you and what is God asking from you? Here's what I know. These disciples, they didn't say, well, you know, we're the 12, man. We're like, we're the, we're the, bo- we're the boys, you know what I'm saying? we the boys, you know, we, we got it. Like, you, people know us. They know us as your homies. That's not what he, they did. He spoke and he said, go do. And they said, okay, I'm going to obey your word. Why? Because I know to follow you means to obey you. See, oftentimes we look for the big obedience. We look for the big thing. God wants us to do this big thing, but maybe God's just asking us to read our word more. Maybe God's just asking us to pray a little bit more. Maybe God's asking us just to speak about him a little bit. I don't know what it is he's asking of you and from you, but I do know this, that oftentimes following Christ looks like obeying what he says. We as followers of Christ, we must be people that say, I want to have a life of praise. What does that look like? A life of praise starts with, God, I'm going to praise you with my life and say, God, I want to follow you. What does that look like? I want to obey you with everything you ask of me. We must walk in obedience. Following God often looks like walking in obedience to him. I gotta keep moving. I got so much to talk about. Matthew chapter 21 and verse 7. It says, They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. I think very quickly as we talk about just what does it look like, a life of praise, it looks like uh, willing to be led. But then also it says that they brought the donkey and the colt and placed their low cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on them. They brought the donkey. Isn't this interesting? They brought the donkey and the colt. Jesus sits on the colt. Why couldn't they? I just ask questions when I read the Bible. Why couldn't they just bring the colt? 
Why'd they bring the donkey and the colt? See, oftentimes when we see pictures of this story, we see one donkey or one colt. It's, that's not the case. It was a donkey and a colt. Okay, the donkey and the colt. Why would they have to have two? Jesus is only one person. Well, here's what, I, here's what it shows us. It shows us this. See, the colt was a young donkey. Okay, y'all know that. And so what would happen is they bring the donkey because the donkey would then, uh, the, the colt would then submit to the donkey because of the following of the mo- more mature donkey. Okay, now here's what it is. It shows us this. As, as Christians, as believers, talking about a life of praise. And see, I know this. We can learn from donkeys. We, y'all don't believe me? You look at the Bible, okay? Here's what I know. This, this, the, he rides on this colt, but then he also brings this donkey, donkey. It shows us this. It shows us the picture of a life of praise looks like this. It looks like I have to be a person that's willing to, to follow, to be led. But then also I have to be a person that wants to desire us to remain connected. The colt did not disconnect itself from the donkey. It shows us a picture of accountability. All of us in the room should have other believers in our lives that are challenging us, that are walking with us, that are helping us to really continue to follow Christ the way that he desires for us to follow him. Connection is so important. And here's what I know. Here's what I know. And I'm going to talk to you just for a minute. And this is not condemning anyone. Oh my gosh, please hear my heart. But here's what I know. That we can oftentimes, because of the season we're in as a society, that we can sometimes use a, a, a situation or a fear or a, a, a sickness to cause us, I'll say a sickness, I'll say a disease, to cause us to say, you know what, I'm going to stay disconnected. Disconnection is the quickest way to get you to a place where you start to fall into places of pride. Because you start to say this, I can do it on my own. I can't tell you. Can, I just, can we just talk? Sorry, can we just talk for a second? If everybody, okay. I can't tell you how many people I've heard. This is true. This is a true story. And not just in this city. I'm talking about multiple cities. Can't tell you how many people I've heard that have said, you know, after being online for so long, I've gotten to the place that I realized I don't need the church. I've gotten to the place I don't need to go. What I can do is I can learn and I can grow and I can build my relationship with God without the church. That is true. You can walk with Jesus without people. But I do know this, that God designed people to help us continue to pursue out and walk out how he's designed for us to live. The Bible says in Hebrews, do not forsake the assembly of the, or the gathering of the people. What does that look like? It means we got, God desires us to remain connected. Why? Because connection and deeper connection gets us to a place of deeper growth. Okay? And so this is why it's important. A life of praise says, okay, I know I want to continue to grow, so I need deeper connection in my life. It's like long-distance relationships. Everybody, anybody ever been in a long-distance relationship? You know, like you can build the relationship, but at some point, you got to get in the same area or city or town because you have to build deeper connection with them. The deeper connection helps you to really get to know that person to grow more. It's the same thing with the church. It's cool to watch online. But here's what happened. Online, I'm not talking bad about anybody watching online today. But here's what I know. Watch. That's the truth. I'm not joking. I'm for real real joking. Like, I'm not talking bad about anybody watching online. But here's what I know. Online church was not meant to be a source of connection. It was meant to be a fill-in for our connection. We're not able to get it. We're out of town. Somebody's sick. Somebody's, it's a fill-in. It's not the source. Because here's what happens if it's the source. Now I have this long-distance relationship with the church. Now my depth of my relationships can't grow the way God desires for me to grow. It's like a long-distance relationship. 
you have to get to the place where you grow. And here's what I know. Here's what I know about connection. As we get connected, we desire to grow deeper. It's like when you go to the dentist. Nobody likes going to the dentist. If you're a dentist in the room or online, we love you, but nobody likes seeing you. Like, I've never talked to somebody and be like, yeah, going to the dentist today, homie. Like, no, nobody want, nobody's like, yeah, I look forward. Like, nobody likes it. But here's, what, here's what's strange about the dentist. Not the dentists aren't strange, but here's what's strange about going to the dentist. You go to the dentist, and then what happens? For like a week, you're like brushing your teeth 14 times a day. In fact, I'll go and I'm like, I need a new toothbrush. I'll go buy a whole new toothbrush. Why? Because the dentist just go into the, he may not even say, or she may not even say, brush your teeth more. But going causes you to desire to do more. It's the same thing with the church. We come to church and we grow in connection. Now here's what happens. I come go home and now I want to read my word a little bit more. I get build my relationship in my small group. Now I go home and I'm encouraged to pray a little bit more. Why? Because as I grow in connection, I'm growing in relationship. It's all right. It's so important that we would understand that, that we would say, okay, a heart of praise says, okay, yes, it's not just a song. It's a saying, I want to I live a life of obedience. I want to live remaining connected. It's so vital as we live this out, as we walk out our walks with God. And here's what pride does. Pride says, I want to isolate myself. Because if I isolate myself now, I can justify why I do what I do. Now I can justify why I don't do what I do. I don't have to read the word as much. Why? Because I can justify being busy because I'm not around other believers that are challenging me to read the word. Connection allows us the opportunity to continue to grow. And so that's why the Bible says in Proverbs, y'all know it, iron sharpens Iron sharpens iron. We're sharpening one another. That's why connection. So, and again, the long distance is great. It's not that it's bad. But there has to get to a season in our lives where we say, okay, no, I need deeper connection. Why? Because I desire to live a life of praise for God. Make sense? So important that we live this way. Matthew chapter 21 and verse 7 says, They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for the Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread the cloaks on the, on the road while other cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. I think this is, it shows us a great picture of what a life of praise looks like. It's, it's willing to be led. It's remaining connected. But then three, it's serving uh, selflessly. It's serving selflessly. Verse seven, it says, they brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. The very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road. I love this. I love this because it shows us again, a picture of praise. And I, I, it's so cool because they're serving. But with, with, here's what's cool. It says, look, look I want to show you the areas of that they're serving. The Lord showed me. It says they brought the donkey and the colt. They're serving with their giving. They're giving of their resources. So this man gave his donkey and his colt to Jesus, and it's a sign of serving. See, when we give when our, with our tithes and offering, it's a, it's a symbol or it's a portion of serving. We serve God by giving. We give of our resources, not because we say we want to do this or do this. No, we give because we understand we want to serve Jesus. And then they go with the cult. And then it says, and then they place their cloaks on them. And a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road. So they're first, they're, it's their resources. But then also it's cool because it goes and says, a very large crowd uh, spread their cloaks on the road. And this is what shows us too. It's, 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 it's the cult right here. It's their resources. But then the cult is serving with his talents. 
You're like, what are you talking about? It's a donkey. I know. But here's, what I, here's what's cool. The donkey is using the giftings it's been given to serve Jesus. So it's carrying Jesus. That's its gift is to be able to carry things. That's what a donkey does. And so it's using that to serve Jesus. See, God gives each one of us gifts. He gives each one of us talents. How do we serve God? We serve God by using our treasure, our resources, but then also our giftings. See, God has specifically gifted you, gifted you with spe- specific gifts. Are you using those things to serve yourself and promote yourself? Or are you using those things to serve God and glorify him? To bring fame to his name, not our name. See, our giftings were never meant to bring glory to us. They were meant to bring glory to God. And so here's what I know as we sing, as we talk about a life of praise. A life of praise says, God, I want to use whatever I have to serve you. And I love this because none of them say, I got to get up today and it's eight o'clock. I got to get up and I got to go spread my cloaks out. None of them say, Man, all right, he's, he's serving with his cloak. Here's my cloak. It's not a have to. Here's what they do. They see Jesus and they know who he is and they say, I want to serve. Why? Because I know that he first served me. And because he first served me, now I want to give back and serve him with everything that I have. See, serving is not based on what we have or what we don't have. Serving is based on God. Whatever I've been given, I'm giving it to you. Is this all right? It's so important that we understand this. And every person in this room, you've been given specific talents and giftings. Don't allow yourself to waste those talents and giftings based on just worldly aspects of life. Use those things to glorify the name of Jesus. Serve him. It's not that we have to. We get to. I don't come to church. And I know this is my job, but long before my job, I don't come to church. I'm like, I got to serve. I was a kid's pastor many years ago, praise God. I I didn't go to church. I was like, I got to serve kids. No, I walked in. I was like, I get to serve kids. Oh my goodness, what a privilege. God has chosen me. Whatever area of expertise you're serving in, it's not a duty. It's not a responsibility. It is a responsibility, but it's not a have to. It's a desire to. It's a want to. Why? Because we know who he is and we desire to give back everything we have. Why? Because it's a gift to know what we've been given, but it's even a greater gift to give it back. This is the life we live. It's a life of praise that says, I want to give back with my life, with my resources. But I also don't just want to stop with my resources. I want to give back with my talents and my time. Why? Because I want to serve God because I get to serve God, not because I have to. This isn't to make me a better Christian. This is because I love Jesus and I just want to serve him because I love him. Come on, somebody. It's a gift to serve Jesus. And I know this, and I've said this a million times, and y'all heard me say this as far as serving. The Bible says that Jesus came to serve, not be served. I do know this. If you're too big to serve, you're too small to lead. God will never put you in a place of leadership if you first can't learn to serve. I'm talking about in the real world. I'm not just talking about in church. I'm talking about in your jobs. You want promotion? Serve. You you, you, You want that position? Serve. Take the low end and watch God give you the high end. Pursue, this is what pride does. Go pursue the high end, watch God give you the low end. Come on, somebody. 
You'd be broke. You're like, why am I broke? I'm trying so hard. Because you're trying so hard. Serve. Give of yourself. Give of your life. And watch God begin to promote you in all areas of your life. So vital we learn this and live this. Matthew chapter 21 and verse 9. The crowds that went ahead of him, those who followed, shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. A life of praise looks like this. It's willing to lead. It's willing to remain connected. It's willing to serve. And then also it's willing and it desires to give praise. Desires to give praise. Praise is at some point, if it's a lifestyle, it's also an expression of our lips. It's an expression on our mouth. See, when we come together and we gather together and we worship, it's not just so we can hear good songs. Those are great songs. But it's also so that we can, with our mouths, we begin to shout and sing and praise an expression of what's going on in our hearts. That's why when you're in your car, you're in your shower, for those of you shower singers, come on somebody, nobody sounds better in their shower than me. You know what I'm saying? Like wherever you are, you can, you can sing. Why? Because it's an expression of what my lifestyle is, and that's a lifestyle of praise. I want to show it to you, John chapter 12 and verse, no, not John chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 13. Sorry, Crystal. Verse 15. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. It's the fruit. It's the fruit of my lips. It's this professing of him. Why? Because it's in my heart. And so out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth speaks. And so my lifestyle desires, my heart desires the praise. And so it's an expression of my praise is to sing and to shout his name. To give praise. See, pride, here's what pride does. Pride seeks praise. A heart of praise and humility desires and seeks to give praise. We as humans... Check this out. We were not built to be praised. We were not created to be praised. This is why you see so many people, even in Christian world, they're praised to such a level that they end up falling because the praise goes to their heart and into their mind and pride swells up and pride comes before a fall. We were not built as humans to be praised. When God made Adam and Eve, he did not make them and say, okay, I'm gonna make you and now everyone's gonna praise you. We were meant and built to give praise. He built Adam and Eve and created them to be in relationship with them so that they would give praise, respond in praise. See, we were not built. Can you imagine just for a second? For, check this out. I know this just sounds crazy, and this is just how me and Jesus talk sometimes. <laughs> this donkey is carrying Jesus. This donkey is being shouted at, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is, the na- is his name. This donkey, check this out, just go with me for a second, just go with me. There are, there are branches and, and coats and cloaks being put in front of it. Could you imagine how foolish would the donkey be if the donkey thought, these praises are for me? How foolish would the donkey have been if the donkey would have thought, man, I'm doing a good job. These people love me. Look at my skills carrying Jesus. What, what, carrying Jesus. What, what? Like he starts seeing his homie donkeys and he's like headbutting them. You know what I'm saying? Like, look at me carrying Jesus. What? Like, like, could you imagine how foolish the donkey would look 
But yet, this is what we do. God gives us gifts. He gives us talents. He gives us promotion. He gives us the home. He gives us the cars. He gives us the stuff. He gives us the influence. And then we go around and like, yeah, look at me, look at me, yeah, look at me, look at me, yeah. yeah. How foolish do we look? As people, we can get so caught up in thinking we're the ones doing something, and that's pride. No, we are actually just carrying the gifts and the stewarding what God has already given us. Look at me in my voice. I can sing. I can sing. Yeah, I sing so good. Yeah, yeah, look at me. Everybody look at me. Oh, I'm so pretty. Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, all it is, all it is, is a gift. And the Bible says that we are nothing but a breath. Here's this, our life is just, <gasps> and so what does that mean? And we, we just return back to dust. What does that mean? This is what it means. It means that the things that God has given us, they're not ours. They're his, and so here's what we do. We understand that we were not built to be praised because when we're built to be praised, here's what happens. We look as foolish as a donkey. And then being foolish as a donkey, we get swelled up in pride. And then for being swelled up in pride, we end up falling. And then everybody looks at us and they're like, what happened? Here's what happened. We've got to the place where we thought we could handle being praised. We were never meant to be praised. We were meant to give praise in everything that we do. Oh my goodness, this is good stuff. I like this stuff. And you don't have to think this is good. I'm preaching to myself today, praise God. I know I can't preach. Jesus is the one that preaches through me, so Jesus, go ahead on. We were meant to praise. We were not meant to be praised. Oh my goodness, if you have a gifting, I encourage you, hum humble yourself and say, God, this is yours because I know he wants to give you that to give glory to his name, not yours. And then here's what's crazy how God works. As we give glory to his name with our talents, then he gives us the influence. Then he gives us the promotions. Then he gives us those things, but it's because of our heart condition, not because of our skills of our hand. Come on, somebody. It's so true. It's so important. It's so important that we would learn to walk with a lifestyle of praise and walking in humility and saying, God, every gift, everything that I've been given, it's yours. And so I willingly give it back to you because I don't desire to be praised because I wasn't built to be praised. I desire to give praise because that's how I was designed and what I was designed to do, to give praise. Lastly, as we close today, Matthew chapter 21 and verse 10. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowd answered, this is Jesus, the prophet, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. A lifestyle of praise looks like willing to be led. It looks like remaining connected. It looks like serving. It looks like giving and praising with our mouths. But then also, it looks like this. It says, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus. The whole city was stirred. A lifestyle of praise looks like attracting others. A lifestyle of praise attracts others. Isn't it interesting that they're praising Jesus? 
And this uproar happens. And then from this uproar, people that have never heard of Jesus, the whole city, the Bible says, a whole city, all of Tallahassee, a whole city starts to ask, who is this? Because a group of people said, I'm going to live a life of praise. See, as a church, we were built and made to praise, to have a lifestyle of praise. What, it would look, what would it look like if a group of individuals the size of this room and online, if we would begin to live a lifestyle of praise? I know what it would look like because it attracts others. It would look like a city beginning to asking, who is this? Who is this man that you're praising? What is, who is this man that you're talking about? And we begin to share. Why? Because praise attracts others. And this is the heart of praise. This is the result, if you will, of praise. It allows us the opportunity to attract others to Jesus. Amen. We're not just attracting ourselves. Yes, we are. But we're also giving others around us the opportunity to say, who is this? Who is this man you're talking about? Who is this Jesus? Who is this Savior? What, is this, what does this Bible verse mean? What is this thought process? Will you pray for me here? Yes, here's what it is. I want to praise with a lifestyle of praise because I know that as I do that, as I, as, I, as I continue to remain humble and I'm willing to obey and honor God with every step and I'm willing to remain connected and continue to build deep relationships with others and allow them to sharpen me and as I continue with my mouth to, to praise God, to serve selflessly, I know that God's going to begin to attract others around me, not to me, but to him. Acts chapter 16, verse 29, very quickly, says the jailer called for the lights and rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Many of you know this scripture and this story. This is Paul and Silas, they're in prison. The Bible says that they're in prison and everyone else in the prison, it's, it's dark. And the Bible says that they do nothing other than to begin to worship. They do nothing other than begin to praise. Now, here's what I know about Paul and Silas. They were not praising because they just thought about doing it. They were praising because their life was a life of praise. And so from this is what happens from the situation in the jail. They're praising. The Bible says that an earthquake happens. Then the earthquake happens. The Bible says that all the doors of all the jail and all the prison open and all the prisoners are set free. Then the Bible says this man right here, this is the, this is the guard, the jailer. It says he runs to them. And he looks at Paul and Silas and he says, what must I do to be saved? Oh my goodness, does it show us the result of why God desires for us to live in a heart and a lifestyle of praise. Because here's what happens. It attracts people. Yes, not only does it attract people, it frees me. We see from the scripture. It frees them from their bondage, their struggles, their issues. If you're going through a situation in, my li- in your life, oh my goodness, would I encourage you to praise. Oh my goodness, I'm telling you, there is such power and praise over your life. But then not only does it free you, The Bible says that all the jailers are set free. This is crazy. This is crazy. Because these men didn't do anything to deserve freedom. Paul and Silas, they're the ones worshiping. They're the ones honoring God and praising him. And here's what happens. God, yes, frees them. But because of the power of praise... Not only did it set them free, it set all their homies free. Maybe you're walking through a situation, you're like, oh man, I'm praying for my son, or I'm praying for my daughter. Oh, I'm going to get excited for a second. Oh, I'm praying for a friend, or I'm praying for my sister, or I'm praying for a brother. Oh my goodness, let me just encourage you, keep praying, but also start praising. 
because your praise sets you free, yes, but it also sets those around you free. You want to see freedom in your home? Make your home a home of praise. You want to see freedom in, in your job, in your workplace? Find corners where no one's looking at you. Oh, Jesus, me and you today for a second. Find moments where you can begin to praise. You want to see your school, oh, FSU, TCC, FAMU. You want to see your school set free. Find corners of your areas and start to praise. Why? Because here's what praise does. Praise sets me free, yes. But there is such power in praise that it not only sets me free, it sets those around me free. Oh, my goodness. God desires for us to live in a life of praise. Let us be a people that live with the heart that says, Less pride, more praise. Because it's not just about me. It's not just about my life. It's about my kids' life. It's about my, my friends' life. It's about my family members' life. It's about my coworkers' life. It's not just about me. And so, God, I don't want to be so caught up in me where I'm praising because of something I need. God, I want to praise because my heart is a lifestyle of praise. And from that, God, I want to see others around me come to know you. And so, God, my heart is less of me. And more of you. My heart, God, is not just less of me and more of you so I can get closer to you. Yes, I want to get closer to you. But God, my heart is less of me and more of you because God, I want to attract others to you. And God, I want to see those around me set free, serving you, following you, worshiping you, praising you. And from that, God, you set their friends free. Let us be a church. Let us be a people that live with the heart that says, Less pride, more praise. Oh my goodness, let this go deep inside of our souls today. Let it be in our hearts, God, that we would start to live out a lifestyle of praise. Amen. Can we pray today? Father, I thank you so much.